Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with Morris Sachs. Good Sunday evening, Morris. Episode 43, take four. Away we go. <laughs> so um, there's a phrase that uh, you may have, uh, have heard in your travels. You said, God gave men two brains, but only enough blood to use one at a time. I'm familiar. You're wondering where I'm going with this? Nope. <laughs> Pull up a chair. So there were some quotes this week that I thought were worth bringing up. I'll just, I'm going to go through these in ascending or descending order. Let's see where mm -hmm. we go. So we're going to start with Mayor Pete. You know where I'm going with this one? Nope. Go ahead. He claims that highways are racist. Okay. So okay. let's not focus on uh, the rest of the stuff. Let's mm -hmm. talk about the fact that 50 years ago, Robert Moses, Robert Moses didn't yep. want the, the minorities. Um, totally the, true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, you know, I'm not saying that's not important. I'm saying maybe there's other things that should come first on the list. Agreed. Stipulate? Nope. Yep. 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 Agreed. Okay. Next, next on the hip parade, we have mm -hmm. the new mayor, Eric Adams, wanting to get paid <sighs> in cryptocurrency. Um, just so you and I are on the same page, they can pay you in dollars, which mm -hmm. is how you get paid and how mm -hmm. I get paid, or they could pay you in crypto, but if they paid you in dollars, you could go and buy the crypto if you wanted, right? Correct. Which... I Go ahead. No, that you're correct. Yeah. So, okay. so, because that's what the guy who runs Apple said. They're asking him, why don't they make uh, have any crypto? He's like, because that's not what people are paying us to do. Right. Right. Okay. But I, I don't want to pick on the crypto stuff so much. But, but it, it gets better or worse depending. Okay. <laughs> Prince Harry. Apparently, is telling everyone that he told Jack Dorsey at Twitter that he knew there was going to be a riot on January 6th. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So, apparently, he's still in touch with British intelligence. Yeah, the royal intel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, look, dude, you, you got to fight with your, your grandma and your, your dad, and you want to run away from home? That's That's... That's your business. Totally fine, yeah. But stop, you know, what are you doing? Like, you got an opinion about what's going on over here? Yeah, terrifying. And so this is the one, I don't know whether anyone else noticed this, but as you have come to know, knowing me for many, many years, I'm a huge World War II buff, right? And so uh, military operations are given code names. And there's many, many reasons for them. Uh, probably, you know, the, one of the most important is so the enemy doesn't really know what you're talking about. Okay. So, for instance, when Germany was going to invade Russia, I believe that was called Barbarossa. Okay. When um, we were going to invade North Africa, I think, I believe that was called Operation Torch. Now, one of the, the code names which surprised me a little bit 
This was the code name for the German operation to invade the UK, which, as you know, never took place. But that code name was called Operation Sea Lion. Now, that to me, that one might have given it away a little bit. Do you think? Yeah, they're going to hit the beach. <laughs> yeah, okay, right, 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 okay. So I know in our own little world, uh, you know, when I was back at Greenwich, we had a uh, a large trade on. And, and, you know, I was thinking about how I described these trades as large. Just to, to kind of put it in context, the price movements of what we traded were very small. Okay. You're talking about fractions of a percentage point, not like stocks that go up and down 10% a day, right? So we had very low volatility. Therefore, we needed to trade very large positions because you know, 1% on a million dollars is $10,000, right? And um, 1% moving, what we did was unheard of, right? So you, when you iterate it down, the positions have to get bigger. So um, anyway, we had one of these fairly large trades on for a long period of time. And what's a long period of time? Uh, years. Years, okay. Yeah, so ke keeping in mind... When I would say a trade, um, it wouldn't be something very static like, and I'll give it to you an example in stocks just to make it easy. So, for instance, if I decided I wanted to be long General Motors and short Ford, and we had that on for five years, okay, it, well, what happened would be the the General Motors part, we would merchandise into different forms of General Motors as time went by. Mm -hmm. And we would, you know, mention, we would manage the short and Ford in very different ways. And so you would have this on as a theme for a long period of time. Understood. And so in this instance, um, so maybe in case anybody has this trade on now and uh, I get to fuck them over, what we would do would be, you would have a situation where five-year note futures were chronically cheap and they would roll over every quarter. And we noticed that the five-year note futures were chronically cheap. At the same time, two-year note futures were chronically expensive. Now, that's a pretty big, if you're going to trade twos versus fives, that's pretty volatile. So, what we figured out was you had another, so the two-year and the five-year were against the U.S. Treasury curve, okay? But there another, was another curve at the time, the U.S. dollar swap curve. And that was a much smoother curve, um, and we can talk about that later. But the Treasury curve got out of whack based on financing rates and auction cycles and such. So we... We developed this trade for many years of being long the five-year futures and short a five-year interest rate swap. That would be one side of the trade. Yep. And the other side of the trade would be kind of the reverse, where we were long a two-year swap and short the two-year futures. Okay. Now, futures are quarterly, right? So when you ask me how long did I have this on, we could have had this on for many years because every quarter we would roll our futures and mm -hmm. and we would reset the swaps. And, okay. And, and then throughout the day, if somebody came in and bought a bunch of five-year futures and they looked expensive, we might sell some and buy something else. And so we would merchandise the position, right? Okay. The point I'm getting at is we had this trade on in size for a long period of time. And and I know people are going to roll their eyes when I say this, but, you know, when we came up with this, we we came up this. This was not like plain vanilla stuff at the time. This was, okay. you know, this was kind of cutting edge stuff. So we didn't want to talk about what we were doing because a lot of people would pay attention to what we do. Uh People used to dig through the, our garbage can at night to yeah. like the recycling bin to see what sort of I'm sure. things. So like we would have Excel spreadsheets mm -hmm. and we would put headings on them, but the headings would be in code yep. because 
people would be trying to figure out what we were doing. This is within our own firm, right? I'm okay. sure, yeah. So um, anyway, um, one of my uh, senior partners, uh, incredible sense of humor, because the trade was so large, he decided we were going to call it beanbag. And you can kind of figure out, mm-hmm. okay? And uh, it got um, it got shortened into bag. Mm-hmm. So we would say, what, what do we do today in the bag? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it wasn't bag, you know, <laughs> yeah, know like yeah. beavis and butthead. It was like, yeah. okay, look, the bag is 500 grand in 01. Let's take it up to 550. Okay. You know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So we would have code names from time to time. Yeah. Okay. So I'm chumming the internet as one does in the retirement community. Do you know where I'm going with this? Go ahead. It's okay. So <laughs> this is not to be believed. The fellow, once again, sources believed to be reliable but cannot be guaranteed. The guy who just left Barclays, the CEO, they found emails between <sighs> him and Jeffrey Epstein. Just a few though, right? 1,200 over the course of four years, I think. It's like, a, think. it's like a slow week for you and me. <laughs> so anyway, apparently, at one point, the CEO said something and used the code name Snow White. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> now. That's tough. Now, how hard did you think about this one? This, now, guy's, run, this guy's running Barclays. I'm, I'm assuming... They're not Jeez. talking about blow because who cares about that, right? Right. You don't need a code name for those yeah. guys. So what was the two choices? Snow White or young underage girl that I'm going to have sex with that yep. you're going to hold yeah. over me the rest of my life? Preteen jail? Yeah. Ah. Oh. See, um, if it were me, I would have gone with the code name would have been. <laughs> Stop. Please. <laughs> Prince Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or codename Andrew. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, oh Lord, I'm sorry. You know, we just just to twelve hundred re- email. Um, they were probably talking about taxes. Like, what wasn't that with him and uh, estate planning? Yeah, yeah, exactly. estate planning. Exactly. He was a wizard. You know, there was a nobody. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, so it's Sunday night. Uh, just so everyone knows what's been going on, mm-hmm. Liam and I've tried three times this morning to do this fucking thing. <laughs> which is which is a shame because we shortchanged. So far, we've shortchanged. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> we can we can do the wrap around. Okay, here. okay, or the, right or the, or the rap as they say in the military. Right, exactly. So, um, Snow we, White, come on, man! Isn't that amazing that they would put it in an email too? Like these things wouldn't get out. Like, come on. I, you know, I run in I've Barclays. This is like, and you know, this illustrates poor decision making. You know, like you never. If I come yeah. to the four way stop, if I come to the four way stop sign, and the yellow Ferrari is sitting there looking around, I just go because I he has already demonstrated to me poor decision making ability by buying the yellow, yellow one and not the red, the red one. one. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Idiot. So I just go and, and he can honk at me and throw his hands up and I just have a nice day, sir. Did I don't know if I told you about this. I we were at the dinner up at the uh the clubhouse here, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. Silverleaf Clubhouse, where like it's it's lifestyles of the rich and famous. I don't know how they let us in. I mean, I guess just right. I caught I caught him on a uh uh you know, the um assistants were running the show. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> So um, actually, we were having dinner with my friend Peter's boss, Jeff. And so Jeff and I were talking about the old days in Chicago, and, and we were with his wife and Cheryl. And um, I was introducing Jeff to the Margalisa. Mm. And um, anyway, so I'm staggering out of there. And uh, I think I sent you pictures of this parking lot. Like it, it, there isn't a car in this thing less than one hundred and fifty thousand bucks. Okay, mm-hmm. so I'm stumbled stumbled on drunk, 
and the, and you know the 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 valet there are they just love it right because mm-hmm. they're, they're mm-hmm. really yeah, nice people yep. yeah, it's, yep. yeah so I said he said um, you ready for your car Mister Sex and I said yeah but you know I. You don't have to bring me the Porsche. I'm happy to take one of these red Ferraris. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, listen, I got three red Ferraris and one Porsche. I might as well give you a Ferrari. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, Cheryl put the kibosh on that. And uh, okay. I think we're all better off. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but anyway, so we tried to get the show started this morning, and there was something with the internet. And uh, But the reason uh, – Liam and I decided to hold off uh, broadcasting Friday night or Saturday night is we had a meeting with Market Intel. And they told us that, uh, you know, our good friend Leslie Harris was going to be on the market huddle, right? Mm-hmm. And um, they were afraid that since we've been stealing listeners from the market huddle, that if we held off our broadcast till after theirs dropped, you know, they would get more viewership. So uh, I, I'm glad we did that. And, uh, you know, as we were chatting earlier, you know, Lena got married. Mm-hmm. And now that she's married, um, those those two guys are screwed, right? Yeah, cracks in the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you ever spoken to my friend, uh, Leslie? You've emailed the, with him, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. But listening to him talk was awesome. Um, I love those stories. And I love the story of like, Kevin does a good job of dragging it out of him where he talks about how he's a kid. And it's, it mirrors those stories of you talking about um, the Seabot pit where, you know, even the thing about like sneaking food in about that just even goes back to, to Goldman Sachs can't cancel in lunch where Leslie talks about how even back then, this is 25 years ago, getting that sandwich in, you had to get it through and there yeah. was discretion involved, but the importance of it and how that was a critical aspect. That was a key to him, you know, befriending and, and coming around um, and, and climbing up the ladder. Like just those little yeah. things. I was just so fascinating, you know, but yeah, I, he's, I, you know, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say I, my first full-time job when I, Got uh, moved to the trading desk. Okay. Now I got a bachelor's degree. I have a master's degree. I have, I'm a CPA, mm. right? I came out of the training class, top of the training class. I'm sitting next to the head trader and he says, Here, here's five bucks. Run down me, give me a pack of cigarettes. Yeah. Like, yeah. This is what, yeah. I, uh, sure. What else? Absolutely. You yeah. Know, and, and, and I just, I can't imagine. Although I, I did hear, we did discuss a few weeks ago how the one of the Goldman guys took the junior guys out for drinks and then beat yeah. one of them up. Beat the something. shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you knew it was a tough place to work. Right. Exactly. Oh my lord! But uh, so the uh, going back to the Leslie Harris thing. Mm-hmm. Um, why I'm I'm so high on this is a recommendation. I mean, clearly I you know I Leslie's like a brother to me. But, you know, that I think has a lot to do with developing a long period of time of developing respect. And now the interview with Kevin's a long interview, okay? It's, it's unusually long for them. And I think part of it was Kevin found what Leslie had to say kind of so interesting, he, he, let, him, he let him go. And what I would recommend is, especially for people who, are new to the business or aren't professionals. It, Leslie uh, had three or four periods he discussed. One was uh, the ring, right, where he he or, or the pit as we call it in Chicago, and then his uh, journeyman trading experience, where I got to spend time with him at, at Greenwich Capital for a long time. Uh, then he goes on to talk about um stock picking there was something in there that you found particularly enamoring wasn't there yeah i don't i mean i love the story about him in the bakery um about when he was done working and he just decided that he'd had enough and he was walking past the fact that he walked past it every day and it struck him like all right i'm gonna you know and he walked in the door and he said look uh i can bake bread i can work morning hours i'm your guy and so he quits finance goes works in the bakery 
And then people yeah. find out about it and they're going into chit chat with Leslie about, you know, getting advice while he's baking bread in the morning, you know? I, yeah, it's I like can a, verify it's like a, it's that. Like a, it's like a, a fairy tale story, you know? Um, hey, and then it's on. Yeah. Oh, please. <laughs> he should, he, if he was smart, he'd, he'd open the bakery now and sit down there like Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays, and he could hold court. All right. I'd, I'd buy tickets to that show. Um, but I love that stuff. It was, it's just a good story, you know, all that stuff from, and it's a good arc the way that Kevin let him go. Um, but I like the stuff from, if even like having talked to you about the pit, I love guys that tell those stories about being yeah. in the pit and what it's like to work on the floor and being young and getting hazed and all that stuff that went on in the nineties with pen and paper about writing tickets and carrying tickets and working as a clerk, you know, whereas yeah. like, you know, kids nowadays, they, they, they log on to their laptop and, you know, somebody gives them a dirty look and they complain about it. But like, that was just, it was just a different world. And to hear him tell that story, that arc of doing that to working at Greenwich, um, sitting next to you for all those years, making money and then spawning via the bakery and that coaching, um, that door opened. Yeah. It was just, I, I just love that story. Yeah. And those Queens guys, I didn't know he was from Queens. All right. So yeah. it's always the guy, those guys from Queens are just smooth, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I can put you in Queens on the night of the murder. Really? Right. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I live in Queens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. See, it, that's the perfect, for people that don't know, all right. I mean, everyone knows Queens is one of the boroughs in New York, of New York. Um, but it's very different than Brooklyn. It's very different than Staten Island. I mean, Staten Island doesn't even count, all right? There's the Bronx, there's Queens and Brooklyn, all right, as far as we're concerned. Um, and Queens just has a reputation for development, especially from his era, guys that are boomers, successful boomers. If you look yeah. at a lot of highly successful resumes, they are guys from Queens, New York, might have gone to Archbishop Malloy or St. John's University, but they're always smooth as silk, and he was a great storyteller. You know, there yeah, was no re yeah. reason to interrupt him. I thought to, it was good, man. Great. To, to show you how this thing goes full circle, okay, in the interview, Leslie mentions he had a boyfriend. He had a, a friend from growing up who worked at Greenwich and suggested, okay, that he come up and interview for the job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The fellow, Leslie's friend, Jay, okay, mm -hmm. to show you how these things go full circle, Jay is now the bimble drink mix king. No way. Yes. The number one selling CBD oil in the sa CBD drink in the Sachs household. Yep. So yep. there you go. Wow. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Small world, right? It is. And I also, but back before, one thing on Leslie, though, the one thing that I really liked was him, the surfing analogy. Did you hear, you heard that little, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that was just for anyone that if you, if you, if you have a chance to listen to any of it, catch that segment and you got to stick around and listen, to, you should listen to the whole thing. Cause if you, you're foolish not to, cause you got to listen to the whole story. But when he used that analogy about surfing, about guys that are in the line and they're just paddling around and trying to ride every single wave where the pros just sit there looking out a half a mile out onto the horizon, waiting for the right set. And then they surf a good wave. Um, listening yeah. to Leslie explain it that way. was just awesome. And uh, yeah, no, well, I just, I'm, I just thought I'm he delighted. killed it. I'm delighted you liked it. You know, he, he, one of the stories he tells, and I, I don't want to give you the Reader's Digest version of the whole uh, interview, but he talks about how he kind of wrecked his career by going into his boss and telling his boss how he really wasn't yeah. running the department right. Yeah. And then, by the way, the boss morphs up into being, you know, King Bowtie shit at one of the major investment banks, right? Well, um, and uh, one of the things that was one of the reasons Leslie made me a better trader was because Leslie, there's no, there's no pulling punches, right? He, I mean, he has tact, mm -hmm. like some women I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, but, but he would cry bullshit, which in a trading room is important. And certainly when the boss, in this case, me is, swinging the big bat you need somebody to to push back on things right and yeah. so having him there but the 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 best part of this story is 
So he gets the job working at the bakery. And, and so I'm going into New York City doing my real estate deals. So I drop by Leslie's place every so often. And Amazing. He gives, he's giving me nibbles. And he's like, he's like, hang on, I'm just finishing up with this guy. And he's like, he's like giving some kid with the Bloomberg, he's like, a, like he's giving him trading. Uh, it's like a uh, rabbi in a bakery. Yeah. yeah. But the, the, to put the, the cherry on the top of the, uh, the, the uh, Sunday. So Leslie's at this place for a while. And then he starts telling them what they're doing wrong. The books didn't look right or something? No, yeah, like, who knows? Yeah, who the knows? croissants it's were just, too cheap or something. <laughs> no, but he's he's morphed into what has become a very successful uh, career coaching thing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I I can I see why I haven't listened for an you know, yeah. That was a good two hours. You can understand why that's a sharp yeah. guy. Yeah. yeah, it was on the Market Huddle, in case we weren't clear. It's the Market Huddle on YouTube yeah. or podcast, Kevin Muir. And yeah, he did Patrick, Leslie Harris. Patrick Serezna. Yeah, pa- Patrick Serezna, yeah. Kevin Muir, and uh, yeah, Leslie Harris, this week's one. So uh, I'm going to suggest that, you know, Leslie's a chart guy, and uh, um, I'm not much of a chart guy. There, there's, there's only two things that scare me in this world. One of them is a doji star formation, which I know you speak Japanese, but for those at home who don't, that's the evening star. And it's a very bearish, uh, it's a very bearish. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking that they might want to have Leslie back to talk to him and Patrick because Patrick's a chart guy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so this is where you're supposed to ask me what the second thing that scares me is. Go on. Sorry. Carnies, circus people. Very okay. small hands, smell yeah, yeah, like yeah, cabbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, are you? Um, are you? Uh, you have read some of the newsletters of my friend uh, Anthony Peters, right? The British fellow who writes yeah, from time yeah, to yeah. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he um, he wanted me to pass along his greetings and uh, say he thinks you're doing a really nice job. So I thought I appreciate I would, that. Yeah. I was going to troll him on some, I have some Manchester, he's from Manchester. So if he's in Manchester. Um, Is that right? I, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just like to expose myself as a Manchester United supporter. So if he's a city supporter, I apologize for that burden that he carries. Um, but I wanted to, I didn't know if I could, you know, chit chat soccer with him. Um, but yeah, I love his stuff. I love, I, I like getting the European perspective because listening to a nonstop stream of American newsletters, you can get caught in that tunnel. So to talk to the guys that are watching what goes on in the ECB and that are watching yeah. from outside the border is an, I just find that a valuable. Yeah. Um, he's, he's a very bright guy. He, uh, was a bond salesman, at bank America. Now, uh, I think I'm going to give myself some leeway. In my career, I probably met six bond salesmen that I thought were any good. Um, it's less, but I, I want to leave some doubt. Yeah, okay, uh, yeah. The, the best, hands down, no one's a close second, was this guy we worked with the Greenwich Capital. And uh, his nickname was The Cheese. Okay. And wow. so it was interpreted because from his way of looking at it, he has a very high opinion of himself, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. But he would say the cheese stands alone, like from cool. the children's rhyme. And oh, um, yeah. we would, uh, apparently the nickname got started because, you know, it's just stinky. But I, I don't think it was a hygiene thing. I think they were just making fun of him. But he was in the book Liar's Poker as the guy uh, Dash Riprock. So, okay. Um, so he was very talented. I never ran across Anthony in my travels, but uh, you know, having had many discussions with him, he um, he he clearly gets it. So, um, but he wanted me to be sure to say hello. So I appreciate there you that. Go. Thank you. Um, All right. You know, uh, we've been trying to get this website thing going, mm-hmm. and uh, um, so. You've been in charge of the podcast. I've been in charge of the website. We've had 43 podcasts. We've had over 40,000 downloads. Uh, 
I've had six entries on the pod on the on the website, and we've had about nine downloads. So I, <laughs> I think at some point this might get be getting handed off to you. But I did make one major improvement. I think so. The new link mm-hmm. is www. <laughs> I like that you have to read. <laughs> it's uh, ibwoc.com. Yeah. So Good inside for you for baseball that. with oldchestnut.com. Yeah. I did, you bu- did you have to pay big bucks for that? Uh, I don't know. I, I gave uh, I gave Cheryl's friend Rochelle my credit card number. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it's like that Henry Youngman joke. It's like you know somebody stole his wife's credit card, but he didn't call the police because the guy spell, spends less than his wife. Amazing. Um, so I, we're trying to figure out. I'm trying to figure out what to do. People can post comments up there. Yeah. But uh, I have to approve them because I'm a little afraid that I get somebody goes sideways on me. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you put stuff up there, uh, I will try and see if I can see and get something get something going. But um, we appreciate the feedback. I know Liam said he doesn't like getting the emails at eight thirty in the morning, but I would remind you, Liam, that no, no, uh, no, 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 no. Like, there's no such thing as bad publicity. It's the, sub- it's the subject matter of the emails at eight thirty when they want me to, when they got me putting my tinfoil hat on and. They're firing me up about like you know what goes on, what Elon Musk tweeted the night before. Um, you know, it's they're they're just I get too emotional. It really, it really I do. I have too much emotion invested in it. Um, and Ed really knows how to throw gas on the fire. <laughs> Does he work you up? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he knows exactly what bothers me. No, he, I mean, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> when he sent that email talking about the Tesla, hurts. And oh, what the, else? The, and the yeah. rentals. What's the rental company in the city that rents the scooters? Um, oh, you know what they I, are. Yeah, the little blue no. scooters. They got a name. But yeah, the whole the, the, the pyramid scheme of, of fraud just is just a, he knows how to get me going on it. Well, so Elon's been selling and uh, it's pushed the pushed the price down. You know, I kind of wonder, you keep reading these things about how all this money is going to flow into the stock market between now and the end of the year. And I have no reason to to doubt that, um, you know, uh, it's astonishing. Did you see the numbers that Goldman said about the day to day stuff and they yeah, don't fif- expect it? Yeah. $15 billion a day. Yeah. I mean, a that's, a, that's a big number. Um, it's insane. So, well, you know, it, it, it goes to a dozen. Apparently, uh, there's a, over a trillion dollars of reserves floating around that the feds mopping up every day through reverse repurchase agreements. And you know, the, the money's, the money's got to go somewhere. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fight it. I mean, um, much as I'd like to, uh, you know, it doesn't seem to, uh, be prudent this, this point. I, I know there's been some chatter all of a sudden that, uh, gold and silver has started to move a little bit. Oh, whoa, whoa, um, whoa, 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 I thought there was an embargo on that. Well, there, <laughs> here we are at 33 minutes. <laughs> So um, I won't pronounce Please, because I'm dying to talk about it. Go ahead, because you know okay. that everyone else is sitting in the same chair as me. Really? Baited, go ahead, please. Yeah, okay. we've been following okay. you for 40 weeks on this. It gets to 1860 <laughs> this week, okay? And I'm not allowed to talk about it? <laughs> okay, so I won't talk about it because I am the, the worst jinx ever. If you don't want to talk about it and see what plays out, you can lock it up, okay? So... I mentioned these uh, guys at 13D, which is mm-hmm. a very expensive research piece that I've gotten addicted to. Okay. Uh, yes. And talk about, so there's this thing I've been meaning to tell you over, over the, the weeks, and I haven't explained it to you. It's called, um, in, for, the, for the Jewish traders, they'll know, we call it the Hava. Uh, other people may call it the victory lap. And so it's the highest form of bringing a jinx or a pox upon your house to say, hey, I made all this money doing this. Okay. So week after week after week, 13D's been putting out, this is the week gold, and, and it's just been going south and south. And last week, okay, they didn't say a thing. Amazing. Okay. You know, not a word. And it went up. Okay. 
So they put out pieces twice. Thursday, which is like the long newsletter thing. And Sunday night, which is kind of like their little chart thing. And I bring up the chart thing and they're like, you know, Jesse Livermore said I made more money sitting on my hands than yada, yada, yada. And now patience is going to be rewarded with the gold. And I'm like, fuck me. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's going to be $40 down on the price of gold, right? Because they just put the fucking whammy on it. Now, mm-hmm. I'll never get this man's name right. And I even pronounced it wrong the couple of times I have spoken to him. But it's Damien Kernavane, Corlevane. I, I apologize, Damien. Just put for, it on the website. That's fine. Okay. Put it on IBWOC.com. So IBWOC.com. The hot shit crude oil guy, Goldman. So when I would go in to talk to him about energy, you know, that we, we talked, you know, crude oil. Because, you know, I, I at one point dabbled in those things. I, I know I you didn't have know. a... I didn't... Yeah. <laughs> it's go ahead. Well, I, I know you have a, a barrel, 42 gallons, right? <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Another one of the failed businesses. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, right, so, back to the goal. Let's stick, it, stick this. Okay. So um, anyway, I'm chumming through the internet, as I mentioned that I do. And uh, he was interviewed about gold. And he's bullish on gold. Now, I don't know what gold has to do with crude oil, other than they're both commodities. Uh, but, you know, he's a smart guy and... and uh, Smart guy in crude oil, maybe be a smart guy in gold. What I will tell you is... Damien Corvalin. Okay, thank you. C-O-U-R-V-A-L-I-N. Damien Corvalin, Goldman gotcha. Sachs. Okay. Tell him Mo sent you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, okay, we'll talk about it a little bit. Okay. First and foremost, two or three weeks ago, silver started trading better. Okay. Now... To, going back and stealing thunder from my friend Leslie. Remember how he talked about he was on the phone and he's quoting the market, two bit of three, two bit of three, three's yep, trade, yep. three's trade, mm-hmm, back mm-hmm, at three. Mm-hmm. They hit the twos, two sellers, one seller. Okay. So from the time I'm 18 till the time I'm 35, this is my day all yeah. day long. You hear, so in the trading room, you will have one of those boxes and there's a guy on the floor just saying three bit of four, three bit of four. And it's probably the equivalent of when your niece and nephew gets an Xbox when they're three years old and they want the guy to run and jump. They hit control, alt, shift, cap lock, three. Yep, and the, yep. and like, it's a and miracle. Like, yep. And I'm, I'm never going to be able to do that. But if I need to leg into something, like I need to buy one thing or sell another, and once again, I'm going to, put the whammy on myself, but I got an incredible success right on this thing. I mean, it's in, it's North of, of the eighties. Okay. okay which yeah, amazing. Keeping it. But what happens yeah, is yeah. you just have these neural net pathways going back and forth. Right. So anyway, they're beating the snot out of gold, but all of a sudden silver's developing. I can feel it's getting a bit of a, a better bid. And then, the last several trading sessions, they've come after gold, and it's traded down, and then by the end of the day, it's worked its way higher. And I think that the timing is interesting because it sort of happened with gold about the time they announced the taper. And now that they have the inflation stuff uh, front and center, people are getting a little bit more energized. So. Let me give you kind of like the one salient point I think about it, and uh, you can uh, take it or leave it. And by the way, I am not recommending anybody do these trades, right? I mean, this is just me farting around with my own personal money. But if I'm running a pension fund, and let's say I got $100 billion, I mean, I I don't know what these pension funds run, but you know, let's just put a decent number on it, okay? And I, I do remember from my days at Greenwich and then at other places, pensions come in and they do these commodity swaps because they want exposure to commodity price changes, right? 
Well, gold is part of this. So if you're convinced inflation's going up, and, and let's say for the sake of argument, you believe in Bitcoin, best thing ever, cures cancer, it's a perfect inflation hedge. There's only so much Bitcoin you can introduce into your portfolio for, you know, the if you need to know why, we got 42 weeks, you can go back and scan why there's only so much of this you can buy, right? But the thing about gold is, first of all, you can get a chunk of it and not move the price, okay? that And by the way, as a, as a risk manager, that's a big deal. That's number one. Number two, you can own it in ways where you have security, whether it's the physical stored in a vault, whether it's a futures contract, whether it's a commodity swap, whether it's an ETF, whether it's a So there's coin. 10 different ways. Get at yeah, it. exactly. And unlike the problem with the crypto, I mean, look, understand that I'm crypto crazy. And but the fact of the matter is, there's still a chance you fuck it up. Like people get it stolen, right? Totally, totally. Okay. okay. So how much can you own? But if you got to get something done, right? If if your job is not, you know pissing around cocktail party bullshit, trademark, mm -hmm. um, and you need to buy $2 billion worth of inflation heads, you're not, you're not buying Michael Saylor's bullshit. You're going, you know, hey, JP Morgan, uh, offer me two metric tons of, of uh, you know, dollar AU, and, yeah. and boom, you're done, right? And yeah. so if that happens, you could get a pretty decent move in the thing. And, and I think that's what Damien uh, C. <laughs> is alluding to. And, and I, I think that might have some legs. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, I mean, I, you know, at this point, I can't tell whether I like it because I, I think it's going up or I like it because I hope it's going up. I'm just, I'm just chocolate mess here. But I mean, the, the, buzz, the buzz has really dramatically increased. Um, yeah. As someone that, I mean, I, you know, I read the entire internet every day. Like I've read it, you know, beginning to end, usually by That's a lot of reading. That's yeah, a yeah, lot of reading. Yeah, yeah. Well, you send me half of it. So I can, you know, I <laughs> so by seven o'clock I've read the whole entire internet. So like, you know, gold was I always paid attention to the gold stuff, but just in the last three weeks, there's been a ton of chatter about yeah. it, which I just ignore because I I listen to you on it and I like I said, you know, <laughs> you get, it, no, get it, enough. You know, you, I cannot read the three thousand dollar price target stuff without thinking I'm like I just you know. But yeah. it's fascinating how much of that has dramatically increased in the last two weeks. And I've watched the price and blah, 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 blah. And I've just been, you know, dying to know what your thought on it was. Um, yeah. And then when that inflation number, did that, did that That's help? A, that, that had that to, helps. right? So, so the reason that helped, and whether it's short-term or long-term remains to be seen. But that has taken the discussion from this inflation, and this is not – my opinion one way or another, but this is the floating around in the zeitgeist. That's taking the discussion from, you know, maybe this isn't transitory inflation. Okay. Maybe this is much more permanent. And so when you look at what analysts will say, they will talk about gold tracks, real interest rates. Uh, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Uh, you know, I don't know, but let's just give them the benefit of the doubt for the time being. If you look at the way the interest rate curve is structured. And I didn't go look at the forward curve this week. I apologize. But it's clear that for the next several months, we are going to have negative real interest rates, meaning the 10-year note rate, call it 150-something, and yeah. the inflation rate, call it 4-something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Negative, okay. So, it's not close. Uh, that would indicate that over long periods of time, the price of gold should be somewhat higher than it is today. Um, you know, one of the things I go over and over with is uh, knowing what your expertise is, okay? This is not my expertise. I know. This that's, thing, you said this from the beginning. This thing got started August 
of 2019 because I was talking to the 13D guy and he was bullish, 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 bullish. And I think it was like 1250 an ounce. And I have a very nice rapport with him. And I'm like, you know, I understand, but I'm not that excited about it. And he's like, look, I'm telling you, it's going higher. This is the thing. And he said, so he gave me the name of five guys that yeah, he yeah. knows that are uh -huh. household names. And like, these guys love it. And so I spent some time looking at it. And the first thing was, uh, you know, like I fancy myself an options expert. I looked at the way the options were pricing gold in a period of zero interest rates. And I felt that created an unusual circumstance benefiting owning options, specifically on things that don't generate cash flow. That's number one. Number two, this thing called option volatility, which you've heard us discuss, that's sort of the, uh, the cost of an option, right? Extraordinarily low. Right, yeah. And so I look at this thing, which is you got a bunch of smart guys, not counting me, uh, saying, I like it, I like it, I like it. You've got the asymmetry of an option, which I like in the first place. Then I think the option dynamics are very compelling, right? And at that point, I don't remember whether this was generated off of what Leslie told me or my own opinion, but I thought the dollar was going to weaken. And that would be very beneficial for gold. So, you know, packed up the truck and we moved to Beverly, right? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I traded it and traded it and traded it. And on August 6th, the year of our Lord, wanna... 2020, I, I had a good, dude, I was up a lot of money for me. I know, and, for your uh, birthday. Yeah. For my birthday. And and uh, oldest daughter called me up and just wished me a happy birthday and told me how great things were going. And I'm like, oh, dear Lord. Oh, thank <laughs> you, honey. Thank you, honey. Yeah. I love you so. Right, right. <laughs> and... Uh, so if it goes, it, I'll still do pretty well. Mm -hmm. But I've been lugging this thing around for a while. So the time decay and, you know, that Yay. stuff's been eating into it. But uh, I'm, I'm still hanging on. This, and, is, this is what we've been waiting for, though. Oh, I know. Yeah, it's the what kiss of death. Not well, you, I mean, you can't not talk about it because you know that everybody just is like his – dying to know because i i can't look at the board without looking at it and seeing it and finally it goes and once yeah. it started to move it you know it broke through the you know critical critical yeah, thresholds right, i mean i've read right. read myself in circles about it yeah. you know so right. um I, I i this reminds me i may have said this but so my friend peter um uh, i met we were working at the fund that started with uh you know, my last place before I retired. So he came and I think I told you this, they stick him next to me to, you know, keep an eye on him. And he's, uh, he's farting around with gold. And I, and I'm like, you know, that's fine. But you know, what do you, <laughs> what do you, <laughs> this has come back to haunt me. I'm like, what, uh, what, uh, what do you know about gold that everybody else doesn't? And, uh, and so I don't remember what he told me, but I think in short order, he stopped mucking around with gold and got, got to start working on his knitting. And um, so anyway, and, and I, I'll probably get, uh, I'll probably uh, embarrass myself, but I was having dinner with his boss and um, we were just beaming about how he has matured. Like this guy's, no, I, I would say he's going places, but he's there. He's, right? he's got I mean, it. Yep. He's, he's fucking nailed it. And he's a great guy. He's a great human being. Um, and he's doing that earth life thing we put up. Mm -hmm. I don't know, like the for earth high Foundation. school students. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Anyway, um, but we're having dinner and I'm regaling the story about him trading gold. And he said, you know, when he came and wanted to work for us, he wanted to trade penny stocks in China. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I said, and he said he, I had to talk him out of that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But the, the, the end of the story is he's doing a great job and they love him and he's killing it and yada, yada, yada. But I think yeah, he's running a, a, he's running a charity, which is fantastic. He's putting kids into school and saving the earth, period. Stop. Okay. So yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's great. But I'm thinking about the hedge fund. <laughs> I guess we all have our way of giving right. back, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the Leslie's an executive coach, and you know I'm the shoulder for hedge fund managers to right to come to cry on. So um, I don't know what else. Are you? Uh, um, it's getting cold there now, right? Oh, it's terrible. It's 45 and gray. Yeah. Uh, what do you got? You uh, got? When are you coming back here? That's a good question. Uh, I'll be back in the middle of January for, Cheryl Jesus. says a month. I'm hoping it's closer to two weeks. I mean, we figure the best way to do this is to leave here at the best possible weather and go back to Connecticut at the worst possible time. That's going to really, yeah. Yeah, really yeah. solidify us. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we okay. got some family stuff to do, and mm-hmm. uh, so we're gonna we're gonna uh, grab dinner. You, me, Leslie. I'm gonna try and talk Kevin Muir into coming, and maybe we can get uh, snowboard fish fan. Mm-hmm. Um, Leslie wow. wants to go downtown for dinner. No, I said that. I said that. Oh, you did. Okay, that was me that said that. I just used okay. that as as okay. Fun, right, where okay. do you want to go? What? I, there's an Italian place I like up on the 80s. All right, yeah. It's a little bit further for Leslie to go because he's in Brooklyn. But you and I are coming in from yeah, yeah, we're Fairfield, Westchester. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, Leslie did comment about the food in Greenwich blowing. I think he, yeah, being a disaster. I don't think he used the, the term blowing. But um, I do remember the restaurant. I had dinner with him and Will at, and um, if I could get three to one odds, I got a hundred grand that says the menu that they have there tonight is the same fucking thing that we had 25 years ago. It's yep. like, unbelievable. I, I, yep. I couldn't keep don't going change there. it. Yep. It's like, wow. well, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. People get mad if you take the, yeah, yeah. You can't take the chicken parm or you can't, you can't rotate your stuff. Boom. You've got it figured out. Is it a cash only joint? No. Oh, no, no. Because no, a lot of no. those places, a lot of those old fashioned places, no credit cards, What's no reservations. Place, uh, Allen Edward, Allen Avenue, Edwards Avenue. Arthur Avenue. Yeah. Arthur Avenue. Yeah, oh that's, yeah. That's, that's over. That's done. Yeah, I, I was hearing how great it was, right? No, false. So so I go there. Nineteen seventy, it was fine. Okay. So basically this is a little too gross, but I meet one of my friends there, one of my cycling friends. He's like, Oh, you gotta go to Arthur Avenue, Arthur Avenue. And it's oh it's so cool. They just bring you what they want to bring you, and then they bring you the check, and they just don't even show you, they just give you a number and you pay it. And I'm like, oh, okay, great. So you know, like I've been forbidden from driving in Manhattan, right? So, so Dave drives me, and he drops me off in front of the place, and he says, "Oh, there's a parking, there's a fire hydrant over there. I'll just go park in front of the fire hydrant, and if I have to move, I'll text you." So, I have dinner, and you know, we're getting the check, and my stomach's grumbling, and it's like, <laughs> Dave, how far are we from Granite? She goes, half hour. I said something. I said something equivalent of, "Would a hundred bucks get us there in 20? Right, right, exactly. I mean, it wasn't quite that bad, but the hutch. Uh, <laughs> oh my! The other thing I was thinking about, and, and this is just old man kind of dementia That's stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were talking about how. Uh, oh, I know why I thought of this. I got pulled over by a cop last night driving back from the city right mm-hmm. so uh i was thinking about how you get these f- firms whether it's facebook or coinbase or bitfinex where they go and they fine them they fine them 200 mm-hmm. million dollars 100 million dollars 50 million whatever it is right so it occurs to me because i got pulled over by this policeman and i didn't end up getting a ticket but i, I remember it wasn't that long ago i was up Checking seeing Ed and Tina up in Pound Ridge, right? So, oh, the um, so 
Um, you know, like on, I think it's uh, one. Tw- uh, I forget which one it is. One twenty one, one twenty four. There's that mm-hmm. thing. It looks like Stonehenge that they built. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I'm blowing through there, and I look back, and and the, the lights are gone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so the guy pulls me over. He's like, "Do you know how fast you're going?" And I said, "Yes." And he said, "How fast are you going?" And I said, "Sixty." And he said, do you know what speed limit is? And I said, I don't know, 35. He said, yeah, you're right. And uh, he said, since you're honest, I'll just ride it at 18 over, right? Because above 20, it's like a big deal. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not worried because, like, I'm from Chicago, right? So, you know, what do I do? I I take the ticket, and, I, and then I get the lawyer, and I pay the lawyer. I was going to say, did you ask? Try to give the cop cash since you're from no, Chicago. No, 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 no. Because growing it, up, that's probably that's like how it worked in Chicago. You pay well, your ticket on the spot, right? <laughs> some people did. I was one of the anointed people. So if we had a speeding ticket or parking ticket, we just gave it to somebody and it went mm-hmm. it went away. Understood. Right? Yep. So anyway, I I, I get the the ticket in uh, Pound Ridge. And I get the lawyer, and the lawyer is like six hundred bucks, and he says, "Okay, this is how it's going to go." They, you know, they have to respond when you claim you're not guilty. So yeah. we're going to send it. You know, he gives me the exact date. And he says, "Do they have to get it? They have to respond, and it has to be back to you. And if they don't do that, it gets thrown out. If the cop doesn't show up, it throws." Okay. Long story short, six months later, I get a speeding ticket. I pay the fine, but there's no points, right? Because in the mm-hmm. end, that's the, okay. So I'm thinking, um, what, what, what's the difference with me speeding, right? Because they're going to, whatever they're going to do, they're not going to hit me with a number that's going to make any kind of difference, right? Mm-hmm. So, so why are they not, if they're going to whack these guys, if Google does something wrong, what are you gonna five hundred million dollars? What are you gonna Fine. What are you gonna do? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess and I'm I'm glad I'm having this conversation with you instead of Big E, because Big E would jump down my throat for okay. saying this. Mm-hmm. But you know, I, you have to make the penalty sting. Otherwise it's not a penalty. What's the last penalty that stung? You think big tobacco? You think they whack yeah, big tobacco out of business? Pretty, well, not out of business, but that's that's pretty good. That was a pretty big number. You know? I mean, that, they, like, sure, they sure as fuck didn't do it with the opioid crisis. No. No, that's, not even that's, close. They paid their way out of that. Johnson & Johnson just paid. Everybody's paid. You can, I mean, go down the list. I mean, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America. I mean, to be fair, everyone has paid huge yeah. criminal penalties. "Quote unquote huge," but like, are they criminal? Some people have definitely paid criminal penalties. Yeah, D Y O R. But yeah, I'll find you the link and send you. We like, need yeah, to, We need to look at that because I was reading this guy Scott Galloway the other day. I'm and sick. He of was. Him. Oh really? Yeah. Go yeah, ahead. Well, he go ahead, he go ahead. he's got a few good phrases, but he uses them over and over again. It's like if you think it's not right, trust your instincts. Yeah, I, I, my instincts tell me you've used that line too many times. Um, and anyway, his point was that you, you need people going to jail. And I don't think that you're seeing that. I, I think you're getting big fines, but the fines are small in proportion to, you know, what the entity is. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, it's been such an uplifting show. I hate to I hate to go into a dark corner this close to the end. But people going you know. to jail. You think she's going? Oh, uh, Lizzie. Yeah, yeah. You're still you're still standing by it. Oh, uh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've I've never wrong. So, um, <laughs> I thank you. By by oh, the by the way, um, so you know, our, uh, my friend Ted. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike and the Mad Dog. We we had a video chat with them, and mm-hmm. uh, his son-in-law is a big-time reporter, and he's out in Kenosha because I don't like, want to talk they, about it. Okay, it's crazy. Go ahead, tell me the story. Well, there's not, uh, you know, they're they're getting ready to make a a decision about the Rittenhouse kid, and uh, I, I 
it sounds like there's going to be some riots. Maybe, uh, yeah, I saw. I, you know how I know that's right. You know how I know that's right because Prince Harry called me and told me there were going to be riots. <laughs> Good night. Thank you. Thank you. No, seriously, all kidding aside, thank you for talking about gold, though, because you sent just full disclosure for the audience. Can I tell them? I can tell. But fire them. away. Yeah. Morris sends me an email, whatever. I said, I don't know. It must have been Thursday. Um, and I'm all proud of myself. I've got the song for everyone that wasn't listening. The opening song, the last lyric is there's a golden age coming round. OK, so I'm all proud of myself on Thursday. I've got the song lined up. Gold is gone up. There's a buzz in the in the zeitgeist about the gold. Finally. And I get an email. No, let's not talk about gold or silver. <laughs> like two like thirty Thursday afternoon, I was crushed. <laughs> All oh, I wrote back no. was understood because I I was like I don't know like maybe maybe like you know maybe he's got a, something great going he doesn't want to talk about it or he doesn't want to jinx it or I I, I just well, what, I, said, I understand. So what do you do? You're in the dugout. It's the the bottom of the eighth inning, and your pitcher's got a no hitter. You, what do you, you oh, go up to him and go, hey, boy, man, three oh. more outs and you got a no-hitter. <laughs> yeah. Hey, by the way, in case you didn't notice, okay, take your time. Take a deep breath. Don't fuck this up. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, all right. All right, man. See you next That's week, it, pal. Huh? Thank you. I look forward to it. Take care. All right, buddy.